Arg. Hello, welcome to the Day Day Podcast where we talk all things wrestling and other things if I want to. Today we'll be talking about my favorite moments and everything from wrestling in, from 2021. I've been wanting to do this episode as soon as I started uh, covering wrestling, actually. I wanted to do this episode. So I've watched so much wrestling this year compared to uh, recent years and I really want to talk about it talk about it at the end of the year so i hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast follow us on twitter at day day podcast follow us on spotify at uh, that is the dd the dd the, the day day podcast and i hope you guys enjoy the episode this is the last episode of 2021 and i wish you all a great 2022 so let's start this episode out with our breakout stars for the year 2021. Uh, I'm sorry if uh, it's a little bit noisy just because of, uh, of there's a little bit of noise from coming out from the microphone. I don't know why I've tried to noise reduce it when I was using uh, Audacity, but uh, at the moment I'm using Anchor. Yeah, the actual, you know, the actual uh anchor.fm dashboard so it's it's gonna be hard for me to edit that uh audio a little bit more so it's just you've 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 probably heard uh some of my episodes some of them have something like this so yeah it's 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 a normality at this point (laughs) it's just a normality at this point so anyways um Breakout stars, this will be in no particular order. It is Cora Jade, Braun Breaker from NXT. Cora Jade also from NXT, by the way. Uh, Matt Cardona uh, on Impact and GCW. Starlight Kid from Stardom Show from New Japan. And then Jungle Boy and Hook from AEW. Uh, The reason I put uh, Matt Cardona here, even though he has been wrestling for uh, since 2008, actually, yeah, since 2008, is that uh, he actually had a very, very great breakout year because, you know, once he got released by WWE last year, I thought that was it. Like, I thought this was only going to be uh, using YouTube now. He's only going to pro- producing YouTube content nowadays. But uh, no, no, I was dead wrong with that. Yeah, he probably had you know his best matches of his career this year and gcw and uh you know in the indie scene he wasn't even you know uh he wasn't even scheduled to be back in aw he you know he got signed to impact like a little bit uh later on the year because of his uh success in the indies so that's why like you know matt cardona probably had his best year of his career so far that's why this is his breakout year because he's only he's only going to get better in 2022 and you know these are uh stars that i think you know had a very very good 2021 that you know uh didn't have a very good year on you know very good years uh on the previous year so yeah, I put on contrast. I put Jungle Boy here is because like I think he just improved that much. Uh, 
2020 and 2019, I think he was just like a tag team wrestler, like a tag team wrestler with Luchasaurus, with the Jurassic Express, and we'll probably see them in the tag team forever. But uh, in 2021, he really flourished himself into a singles wrestler. And uh, he had very, very amazing singles matches with the likes of Kenny Omega, uh, Nick Jackson, uh, Adam Cole, very, re- very recently. Like, he had, like, a couple, you know, a lot of singles matches that really elevated him to possibly you know, a possible main event star in case they need one in the future. So, Jungle Boy's here. Hook, you already know. Um, <laughs> you already know. Like, I, Hook is... Hook is a breakout star. Like, you know, like... He, he has had two matches, and I'm easily captivated by his gimmick. And, you know, like, just a cold-blooded, handsome devil. You know, like that's how that's how AEW has marketed it, and it has promoted it. You know, has promoted it very, very well. You know, if you can't outsell CM Punk for at least twenty four hours, then you're doing something right, man. You're doing something right in your career, and yeah. Uh, Core Jade and Braun Breaker. Uh, it's been uh, pretty much uh, three months since, since we've seen them. You know, uh, we haven't seen them. Uh, outside NXT 2.0, but you know, Core Jade, that match at War Games really impressed me. Looking back, looking back at it, you know, I thought she was injured for real, but you know, she's not, and you know, thankfully she's not because, yeah, and you know, I'm looking forward to her progression in New Year's Evil, you know, and I hope you know, like at least you know, uh, she's probably gonna be the one eating the pin, but you know. I look forward to her improvement in uh, NXT 2.0 next year. Braun Breaker, I mean, he's, uh, you know, if you think of NXT 2.0 and, like, you know, the stars that they immediately made from, you know, these new people in developmental, you usually think Braun Breaker. Like, Braun Breaker is an absolute stud. Like, uh, even though he's not using his uh, his real name, like, you know, like Steiner, you know he's the stu- he's he's a son of a Steiner, and he has so much charisma, so much you know like he is an absolute star and you know a star that WWE wants because he's you know he's like big meaty boy as well like a big me big muscly boy, big muscly boy you know like uh you know he's a big meaty boy as well it, you know the the fetish <laughs> that Vince likes. So, you know, like, Braun Breaker is going to be big, in, not only in NXT, but in the whole of WWE. Easily. Easily. Um, uh, show, uh, he, after he had this heel turn, I think, you know, I really thought that he was going to be the, um, you know, I didn't think it was possible. Like, you know, uh, when Roppongi 3K, you know, it was eventually going to break up, I really thought that Yo was going to be the heel and then Sho was going to be the face. I didn't expect the other way around where Yo is an amazing baby face, by the way. And then Sho is the mega heel that the division needs. The division needs at the moment since uh, uh, Taiji and ELP kind of 
uh, got out of the title picture a little bit, you know, to go for the tag team championships. Um, but yeah, show uh, he will win. You know, one of them is gonna win. Yeah, show or Yo will probably win the uh, the junior heavyweight. Yeah, junior NJPW junior heavyweight championship uh, next year. Like it's just a matter of when. You know, when or who will be the first one out of the two? Because yeah, they're definitely holding it. Yeah, they're pushing them to the moon. Uh, last another list. Not the least Starlight Kid, um, another another person who had a heel turn this year, that went very 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 good. And you know, uh, at first uh, at first uh, she was gonna be a star regardless, but I didn't expect her to be a mega star in his heel in her heel persona, like this. Yeah, and she is basically now the captain of Oedo Tai. I don't know about Natsuko Toro, you know, whether, you know, she will take it once she gets back. But, you know, Starlight Kid is amazing. And I'll talk, I'll probably talk a lot of, more about her later. So I looked at the recording of the, uh, the first uh, first nine minutes and, you know, it's so scuffed. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We're continuing it being scuffed. It's, you know, I, it's so rushed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> This episode is so rushed, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, we're going to continue on with the feud of the year. Now, this one is actually numbered five, five to one. I, I picked out five of my favorite feuds of the year, you know, so, so that's why, that's why I'm calling it favorites. Like, you know, it's not a top, you know, if, if I put a, you know, top five or top 10, which is basically it, it is. Uh, it's you know we're we're gonna have a riot like we're gonna have a absolute riot you know of opinion your opinion is bad but you know I'm just saying it's my favorite it's my favorite of feuds my favorite matches you know you know that's why it's favorites of wrestling um, so yeah uh, feud of the year um, starting off uh, I think number five I think well deserved um, Utami Ayashishida versus Shiri from Stardom. Uh, this one is the feud that put Stardom on the map. I think um, uh, it's hard to uh, yeah. I haven't watched uh, their match uh, two days ago on uh, Stardom Queendom, uh, I, where I know I know Shuri was. Uh, it was definitely sure. You know, it was definite that Shuri was gonna win. But like, you know. I was hope I'm hoping you know I want to see a good match. I haven't watched it, so but you know the the two matches that I've seen, which is you know the the Tokyo Dream Cinderella match, which yeah, I uh, yeah, which is amazing. You know it puts Stardom on the map of you know uh, matches that you need to see, that you need to review, that you need. You know, because it got a five star from Dave Meltzer, Meltzer, and the last five star match, you know, from a woman's, you know, five star women's match that he has put a five star is nineteen ninety one. So you know, it's a it's a whole twenty years since you know, like the last woman's five star match, and you know, this is that yeah, that forty minutes was just incredible. Uh, and then I've watched also the. 
uh, five-star Grand Prix one where, you know, it went to a draw in 20 minutes. And yeah, like these two, these two are just magic together. And, you know, I honestly hope that, you know, they get uh, meaningful rivalries. I mean, Utami is going to have a rivalry with Momo Watanabe, and that's going to be a banger. You know, that's that's an immediate banger to mine because, you know, Momo, tur- you know, turned heel and then joined the Wedda tie willingly instead of, you know, uh, voluntary, you know, because of, you know, the match uh, stipulation, you know, just willingly joining a Wedda tie, which is insane. Uh, so yeah, uh, Utami versus Shiri, and uh, I hope they have you know, Stardom can have matches that can put them on the map as well, like you know, like put them on the map immediately because you know, Stardom is such a god promotion right now. Uh, number four, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan, uh, the WrestleMania build for WrestleMania, I mean, WrestleMania, and the Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan feud thereafter uh, that went until Daniel Bryan left the the company. Um, Oliel, uh, what can you say about this match? I about this feud. There's, uh, it's a good feud when there's a reason, there's a chance that you know one of them is gonna you know there's a likelihood that one of them you know. Any person can win on this feud. And yeah, there's a case for Daniel Bryan, for Edge, for Roman Reigns to, you know, win this feud. And, you know, it can't, you know, it happened, just so happened that, you know, Roman Reigns is, you know, he stacked them, you know, he, he stacked them, he pinned them both and, you know, just, just cemented him, cemented him as, you know, the mega heel that he is. I think, you know, that cemented him as the, you know, the Hall of Famer that eats Hall of Famers for breakfast. So, like, you know, it really elevated all three people involved. And, you know, that's all I can say for this, you know, this, for this really good feud. Actually, never mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I just paused recording so, you know, I can hear what it uh, looks like. So... Uh, it's actually not that bad. It's just that the microphone that I had was uh, reversed. So, you know, so uh, the microphone was hearing the, you know, behind me. So whatever, 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 you know, I've had this, I have, I've had this microphone for like what, like five months and you still don't know what's the front and what's the back. So, <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Um. Uh, the third feud of the year that I think that that we have for 2021 is Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega, and I think this one is very very mandatory. You know, it's it it's a shoe in for this list. Uh, the only reason why it's not number one is just that uh, the actual uh, uh, from October to November. You know, the actual, you know, they were hyping up the match. It's just that, you know, it's kind of lackluster. But, you know, it's kind of cliche as well. But, you know, it didn't really need that cliche-ness because the two years, the two years of a build for this match, 
is enough, you know, like, but uh, of course, like the teasing of the 2020 and then 2019 were, you know, they were building up for this moment. So, you know, I think the build for Hangman and Kenny for full gear uh, last year was actually better. So, you know, even though it was, you know, it was a tournament final. So like, yeah, yeah. I'm only putting it third because I didn't like the October to November, but like, you know, the actual, uh, the actual like hyping up for the feud, but it really didn't need it because it was just for the moment that Hangman finally wins the title. Like, you know, like Hangman finally winning the title and he absolutely freaking deserves it. And, you know, it was already time for Kenny to drop the title, to drop the belt anyways. And the match, uh, the match was okay. It's not, you know, like, <laughs> calling an calling absolute banger of a match, okay. It's just my standard in AEW. You know, for AEW matches, I just have a better standard for them rather than other promotions because, like, they've been so, so good. But the match was, you know, like, there's... A moment of the match that I was waiting on, which is uh, Hangman Page king- kicking out of the one winged angel, you know that is that is the you know that is the moment I was waiting to see. But we got Kenny Omega kicking out of the one winged angel, and it's not as impactful as that. But the nod from you know the nod from the young box was good enough. So yeah, um, yeah, that's my third favorite. It's only my third favorite. And you know, believe it or not, the second favorite feud that I've, that I've had this year is Starlight Kid versus Mayu Butani. <laughs> no, no, I kid you not. Starlight Kid versus Mayu Watani is my second favorite feud of 2021. Just because, like, you know, it was it's so good. Like, you know, like it really solidified uh, the turn that Starlight Kid needs. It's because it, um, you know, Starlight Kid got uh got sent to Wadutai after that after that five on five elimination tag where the last person who gets pinned gets you know gets sent to the uh to the opposite faction you know and Starlight Kid was the last one and yeah yeah Starlight Kid got sent to Wadutai and then Mayu Iwatani tried to do everything you to. To get Starlight Kid back, and then Starlight Kid saying no, I will, you know, Starlight Kid saying no, will like you know, like solidify her. Like I want to surpass you, instead of you know, be your sidekick, you know, be the second, the second coming of Mayu Watani. I want to surpass Mayu, and you know that really solidified Starlight Kid as the main eventer, that she. It, you know she was building up to but you know not not in a heel state so um and they had the match in five star grand prix you know five at the final just five star grand prix where mayu still beat starlight kid she's not there yet and yeah i love that i love i love that so much that she, you know starlight kid is not there yet you know, at the level of Mayu, even though she wants to be. So, yeah. And, you know, the weird thing about it is that they're teaming up at 
uh, Tokyo Dome, which is absolutely insane to me that there's, you know, after all this, they're going to team up at the Tokyo Dome. The biggest stardom match, this, you know, that stardom is marketed pretty much because, you know, this is, uh, they're finally the main card of Russell Kingdom. And, you know, <laughs> we're having Tam Nakano and Sayaka Mitani who, uh, you know, you fought each other for the Wonder of Stardom, Cha- Wonder of Stardom Championship like uh, six days prior. Yeah, six days, right? 30, 31, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7 days. A whole week prior. Um, and then Mayu Watani and Starlight Kid who, you know, have a broken bond after this year. Which is absolutely insane. And my favorite feud of the year is, you know, you know, before we, uh, yeah, but, uh, sorry, uh, but we, anyways, uh, before we, uh, we do the first, uh, you know, my favorite feud of the year, I got to do some honorable mentions, uh, my honorable honorable mentions is Dangerous Techers versus Naito and Sanada from New Japan. I thought that was a very very fun feud, uh, and you know it led to some really really good matches between, uh, particularly Zack Saber and Tetsuya Naito. You know they've had a banger of a match, even though Naito got injured with the match. You know they still had a very 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 good match. Um, Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida, the feud that never ends. Um, you know, they're still, you know, they're still teasing another, uh, another, uh, match between the two, but I don't, I really don't mind because, you know, these, these two have made magic for like the past, uh, two, two, three months, you know, and, you know, the, the distance between, you know, uh, matches, doesn't you know get me burned out seeing you know seeing Serena D versus Karushida again you know there's enough distance between the matches that you know it feels fresh every single time uh, and lastly uh, Maki Ito versus Miyu Yamashita uh, you know like the feud that I won't stop talking about this year is not in my you know top five you know it's not it's not in my top five for the year mostly because it had an unsatisfying ending and <laughs> you know maki you know should have really won that belt you know that uh but you know tjpw is just man <laughs> it sucks that the you know that you know uh, maki ito beat freaking uh uh what's her name uh freaking uh Ah, I forgot her name. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, sugar rabbits, you know, one of the magical sugar, sugar rabbits, you know, the Mizuki. There we go. Mizuki. You know, she beat Mizuki for this. And, you know, she still lost. It's like, you know, like, it's not, it's not right, man. <laughs> it's not right. But, you know, like, yeah, that's why it's only an honorable mention. But my favorite feud of the year goes to uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins, and here's why. 
it's you know the build the build isn't perfect like i don't think you know any uh uh hangman page versus ken omega wasn't you know the two-year build that they had was uh which pretty much the build to you know to this match they didn't really uh tease that for like the whole year and you know like the the uh, five on five elimination between the dark order and uh in no, not inner circle. The the elite, you know, where the elite won. That shouldn't really happen. You know, you know that shouldn't really happen if you're not gonna. You know, even though you know you had to change your plans, you know, you really shouldn't have done that because you teased it so much that you know we might never get it, basically. But with Edge versus Seth Rollins, or Rollins, the build wasn't perfect, you know, because of the home. House invasion, uh, house invasion stuff was pretty bad. Um, you know, the trilogy of matches that they have is probably the best trilogy of matches that we had all year. Um, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, over Utami and Shuri, over Will Ospreay and Takagi, you know, like, I think these three matches is world class and really elevated both Seth Rollins and edge you know if they weren't elevated enough already in that you know like these these two men had three banger matches culminating in a hell you know a deserved hell in a cell match that actually you know the reasons for the hell of hell in a cell are justified it's that you know it's it's such an it feels like you know like an old school feud like an attitude you know 2000 attitude era main event feud that you know it's just that simple wwe you know you can make a feud off of this so like it's just you know it's just that simple like i don't know why they had to complicate you know a lot of things you know a lot of feuds sometimes when it's you know like the simplest of feud like edge versus seth rollins is really good like you know it's really good so WWE should take notes, but you know, they're of course they aren't taking notes. They're they're WWE, they don't care what the fans want. So yeah. Yeah. Edge versus Seth Rollins is my favorite feud of the year. Now we move on to the promotion of the year. I mean Yeah, isn't is it even in doubt? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but um uh, I gotta give shout outs to um, Stardom for elevating themselves to a pretty much a major promotion. I think you know I think they're at the point where you can say that Stardom is now a major promotion, you know the best women's promotion in all of wrestling. and you know they really um, uh, they really uh, stack the deck this year with what they can do. Even though, like, you know, the roster is also elevated, you know, a lot of the roster is now uh, is protected to a point where sometimes they have to do so many draws. <laughs> they have done so many draws this year, but, you know, like, uh, some some of them have, uh, you know, justified their, the protection of uh, their uh, 
their uh, character. Uh, you know, people like Utami, uh, Sayakamitani, Tam. Tam has Tam has really elevated her ring work this year because she was always like a story-driven like wrestler. Uh, you know, if uh, you know sh she uh, wrestles with the story in her uh, in her in the palm of her hand, you know, in her heart basically, and you know she uh, she improved on her ring work this year, uh, especially because you know like if you're gonna have thirty minute matches with Mayu Watani, I mean you gotta improve your ring work, right? Like you know like you don't have to you don't want to have like a slug fest with mayu for 30 minutes so, yeah uh uh you know everyone from donna del mondo was really 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 good this year uh mayu had an amazing year even though she wasn't you know at the top of the promotion uh you know, mayu watani was still really 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 good uh but yeah like stardom is uh you know again L uh really uh if it wasn't for the promote you know the promotion uh i'm going to talk about the promotion of the year uh there will probably be you know my favorite promotion in wrestling uh and another i'm gonna get another shout out to impact wrestling because you know i think uh I, it's another company that elevated their stock and you know the wrestling scene uh uh you know impact was almost uh burned to the ground by their owner but you know like they are starting to build up something really really awesome with you know people like uh matt cardona moose uh josh josh alexander eddie edwards uh uh sammy callahan even like uh w morrissey uh, the inspiration, uh, Diana Perrazzo, like you know, you can, uh, you can, uh, you can say like you know, like these wrestlers now that you know, like this, these are uh, impact, uh, and uh, impact only wrestlers. You know, it's not you know, uh, wrestlers that uh, coming from different promotions. You know, like even though uh, you know, they have, they have. They have, you know, like they have wrestlers from different promotions. Uh, the 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 uh, the in company talent, basically, you know, the the ones that are signed with the company are the ones that are getting the spotlight, and I love that. I love that so much from Impact, and I hope they can continue it for the next year because, you know, uh, they are you know building something really really cool out there even though i'm not watching impact like you know they're building something really cool about it and maybe maybe next year i might watch impact you know might cover impact co impact reviews I, I i'm not you know i'm not serious about that but you know like you know if uh if it comes to a point that i'm uh covering impact reviews like i'm i'm fine with it i'm i'm fine with it but you know, my promotion of the year is easily AEW, All Elite Wrestling. AEW, I don't know how they can get even better. Like, you know, like, they have gotten better every single year. 
2019 was the year of New Japan. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But it was the rise of AEW, and you know the continue, the continuous, uh, consistency of NXT in 2019. 2020, they were the mo- they were the best promotion of the year, hands down. Uh, uh, with how they, um, how how they uh handled you know handled uh no fans with the Rona. Uh, how they, you know, how the build to the matches, you know, still, still a plus. Uh, how they, you know, uh, weekly weekly shows are still really really good, and like you know, the builds again, like the builds, the builds, the builds for you know, uh, main event pay per views, like not only main event pay per views, but you know, sometimes main eventing weekly shows, even uh, is absolutely amazing and they just continued that in 2021 and they're still like the best promotion to do so and you know uh, putting someone over they're the best promotion uh putting someone over the build the matches just everything and you know like aw is just on fire at the moment it's at you know like I I am I am convinced that they can't do a no war, no wrong, that you know they're only gonna. It's scary that they're only gonna get better next year, and you know, we're gonna have like weekly shows, like really really good weekly shows. Hopefully, no more town halls. <laughs> you know, I I I'm fine with the town halls if you know like they're really really good, like you know, uh, MJF and CM Punk, uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. You know, like that town halls you know i'm fine with it but like you know like some there's there have been misses in the town halls like uh, mjf and chris jericho uh with you know the fan uh let's not talk about that fan but um you know like it's not it's not the perfect uh it's not the perfect promotion you know i don't think you know i don't think a promotion will be uh uh, will be the perfect promotion for like a full year, you know, for a month probably. But you know, for a full year, I don't think there will uh, there will ever be a perfect promotion. But AEW is the closest to being the perfect promotion, and the roster is only gonna get bigger. And you know, like we might see AEW Dark Elevation Elevation. <laughs> AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, AEW Dark Rising. <laughs> you know, just because of the amount of, you know, the roster that they have is just limitless right now. And, you know, AEW is just the best thing for a fan, you know, for, for a fan perspective and for the state of wrestling in the future. AEW is the promotion and you know you can't you know if you if you try to uh you know could you know if you try to argue that aew is the promotion right now then you're wrong (laughs) so now we move on to probably the longest segment of you know this episode which is the match of the year uh 
2021 has been a really really good year for wrestling like there are there are some matches in the list that i didn't you know that i probably have missed even on the honorable mentions because i only i only put five because if i put 10 will then we'll be we'll be here all day you know we'll be, you know i if i put 10 or 15 will he we will be all day so we, we will be here all day sorry but but yeah um I guess I want to put I want to go on first with honorable mentions. Uh, first off, uh, the match that I w- probably won't stop talking about it till the end of time because, like you know, like it's it's just really good. It's the perfect storytelling match uh, that you know of twenty twenty one. Probably this is the perfect storytelling match. You know, purely storytelling and not you know like hard hitting like it hard-hitting match this is the pure storytelling match and it is Maki Ito versus Miyu Mashita on January 4th you know it would have been higher if Maki Ito won but you know like <laughs> you know it would have been higher if Maki Ito won at Wrestle Princess but you know that 1-4 show was just that was the match that glued me to TJPW and you know made me one thing to watch more of TJPW. Uh, another match, uh, the best the Super Junior final, uh, which is Hiromu Takahashi vs. Yo. Hiromu vs. Yo, I didn't expect that to be that long. <laughs> it went 37 minutes, and you know, those 37 minutes were very, very compelling, honestly. I think, I think it you know easily like uh i think it's probably my favorite uh, new japan match of the year and you know that i guess that's a spoiler because you know i don't have njpw on my top five so yeah hiromu versus yo you know it really made yo a star because you know like yo you know the the last time hiromu versus yo happened it was in the round robin of the Best of the Super Junior. It was night one, and Yo got squashed by Hiromu in four minutes. It's it's not even that he got squashed. It, uh, Yo, Yo had you know Yo had had the thing going. He had everything going, but you know one roll one roll up by Hiromu gave Hiromu the win in four minutes. So like you know the fastest match Hiromu has done since the squash versus Kushida like like it's it's insane like and then you have them go on for 37 freaking minutes and it was very very nail-biting as well how good you know how good they were you know I was on the edge of my seat uh for you know the final minutes of that match because it was that good and it's not on my list it's not on my list uh, another New Japan match that is not on my list list is Tomohiro Ishii versus versus Shingo Takagi, uh, G1 Climax 31 Day One. Uh, it's not on my list because like mm, there's a a hard, more hard hitting match on this list, <laughs> and I think you know what that is. But you know, like it's just Ishii 
is you know Ishii with you know like uh with a wrestler that can go blow for blow with Ishii is just absolute magic and you know Ishii versus Takagi is you know that kind of match where Ishii and Takagi went blow for blow very very stiff uh shots to the chest and you know just ow <laughs> just ow and yeah yeah uh Ishii versus Takagi was really really good um Another match that was really, really good is the last Daniel Bryan match in WWE, which is um, uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan on the April 29th SmackDown, where Roman, if Roman wins, Daniel Bryan has to leave the company. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that is that is probably, uh, you know, yeah. Daniel Bryan, if you know, if Daniel Bryan didn't go to AEW, this probably would have been in my top five, because of how good the match was. It is act, it's actually an absolute banger of a match. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, like yeah, this is really good, and it was the introduction of the Tribal Chief. You know, the tri- Tribal Chief team, and you know, like it's such a banger of the team, and yeah, it's. it's you know the match. The match was really, really good, and you know it was at the Thunderdome of all pe- of all places, and it was still like that good. It is, it's insane how you know their chemistry. You know, even even in Fastlane 2015, uh, this year's Fastlane WrestleMania, like Reigns versus Bryan is always gonna be really, really good. Uh, another one, like another Daniel Bryan match, uh, is. On the honorable mentions in that, and it's that you know sixty minute time limit draw between Hanger, Hangman Page and Dan Brian Danielson. Uh, I only put it on the honorable mentions, even though it's probably it's probably you know the best match of the year for some people. Uh, it's you know I think they're gonna have a better match at you know Battle for the Belts, a uh, Battle of the Belts. Uh, which is you know next week um, uh, they'll probably have a better match because like this match even though it was sixty minutes it never really went to that second gear I feel like I feel like it never really went to that second gear it's probably because of the pace of the match but you know like it never really went to that second gear for me where like you know like I think this match is gonna be awesome it's gonna you know it's gonna be my one of my favorites of the year. So like even though it's like a really really good match, really really good match, it's five star for a reason. Uh, it's not my top five. Um, uh, some two two fun matches in the honorable mention as well. Uh, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match from uh Money in the Bank with was so fun. It was, it was so fun. Like um, I. I I couldn't even describe the chaos that was that match, you know. Even though there was a Jinder Mahal run-in with Veer and Shanky, uh, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, it didn't hinder the match from being like really, really, really good. And you know, it's all thanks to the men involved, like Ricochet, Kevin Owens, uh, Seth Rollins, uh, Seth Rollins, yeah, Seth Rollins. You know, people who are willing to bump, you know, their lives off, you know, for a match and, you know, for a ladder match to be good. 
you know, it's always going to be magic. Uh, and another fun match is Magical Sugar Rabbits, Mizuki and Yuka Zakasaki versus Neo Bishkugun, which is uh, Sa- uh, Saki, uh, yeah, Saki and um, uh, May, uh, no, May St. Michelle. Yeah. Uh, this match was really, really fun. Yeah, it was really, really ridiculous at points. And it started off with, you know, like May St. Michelle doing a blooper at their entrance and you know if that you know if that entrance wasn't uh you know a signal of what's to come for this match i don't think you know i don't you're pretty bad at you know uh catching signal receiving signals because you know this match was fun it was crazy it's ridiculous and i love it i love it for a woman's match you know i love it Uh, i didn't put it here uh, on my uh, on my notes, but you know another fun match that I'll probably put in this list is the fall ca- false count anywhere match between uh, Super Click and uh, uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage from uh, Full Gear. Uh, this that match was really 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 fun as well. So yeah, I'll probably I probably put it on the honorable mentions as well. Uh, another hard-hitting match and another Daniel, uh, you know, Brian Danielson match uh, on this honorable mentions, which is uh, Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki, which uh, is it's still insane. It's still it's still insane to me that you know that match happened and it it's free on YouTube. It's free on YouTube that match and you know like it's probably one of my dream matches that i did not hope it would happen because you know it would probably kill brian danielson because you know the chops of minoru suzuki i don't want to get the chop from minoru suzuki so yeah you know brian danielson is a sick you know is a sick is a sick freak so yeah, he, he he's sick, and, you know, Minoru Suzuki is also sick. So, you know, two sick men beating the absolute tear out of each other. So, you know, uh, you know that is free on YouTube. is absolutely absurd to me. Um, uh, keeping on for AEW on the honorable mentions. I told you, this honorable mentions is just really, really long. Um... It is uh, MJF and Darby Allen at full gear. I mean, it is probably, uh, you know, the best uh, technical match uh, uh, terms of, you know, te- I think I think it is the best technical match uh, this year, you know, outside of the top five. I think this is the best technical match uh, this year. And it, you know, it came from people who have wrestled for only four years and you know like uh, mjf and darby allen it's just really really good like you know the perfect like baby face versus heel dynamic from you know from two really really good wrestlers so yeah uh another one is you know another one from the baby face heel i guess plus neutral <laughs> dynamic is um Pack versus Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega double or nothing. It's a match that I haven't seen pop up from any top ten uh, from the year. 
which is you know insane to me because it was a really really good triple threat and uh you know uh triple threats this year have been really good like another on honorable mention that i have is uh braun Strowman versus bobby lashley versus drew mcintyre at wrestlemania backlash that triple threat was also really good so like you know it it is such a good year for triple threats you know that you know it's it's hard to pick just one and but i have picked my one and uh you'll see a little bit later uh uh wrapping up the honorable mentions we have uh uh reigns versus cesaro at backlash i think uh reigns versus cesaro was really really good um you know it's just good good ass wrestling like you know like and it's it's great to see cesaro in his first main event of a pay-per-view you know in a singles match and yeah like cesaro they really killed this push man <laughs> they really killed this push i hate that they killed it but you know cesaro reigns versus cesaro was really good also uh banks versus belair was a really good moment from wrestlemania 37 which night one i think that was a really good moment in wrestling uh and you know it 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 was a really good match as well uh probably uh the best uh western women's match in my opinion uh that is uh not named uh Britt baker versus thunder rosa lights out match you know like you know if that lights out match didn't happen you know uh, which is not on my honorable mentions, by the way, because I just don't like blood. You know, I don't like, I don't like massive amounts of blood in my wrestling. <laughs> and you know, like, yeah, it really turns me. You know, blood. Some, you know, sometimes it it's really good, but sometimes it turns me off. And you know, like, yeah, that lights out match really made the star between two women. And you know, like I, it deserves to be over Banks versus Belair, but I don't have them on my own honorable mentions, just cause like you know, like uh, it's yeah. And the last of my honorable mentions is Tetsuya Naito versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom Night One. Uh, I think a lot of people don't remember it happening <laughs> because you know one. It's, you know, like, it's Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. Wrestle Kingdom this year wasn't really, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, big, big, big pay-per-views, it, it isn't really deemed as a big, you know, a big pay-per-view for 2021. Uh, and two, there was, a you know, a better match in other people's eyes uh, the night after with Kota Ibushi versus Jay White at, you know, that 48 minutes. Uh back and forth match between the two uh i put night one and then you know i put night one because night two you know the jay white match was too long for me you know if you you know you could cut a, like 13 minutes in that match and still be just equally as good but naito versus ibushi was just what 20 26 minutes and it was like amazing you know like two of my favorite wrestlers and then new japan battling each other for the you know the championship it's great it's great and yeah so after all that what is my top five matches of the year because like i probably uh 
listed like around you know more than 15 honorable mentions <laughs> so yeah like yeah the one is uh my top five matches of the year so my number five is uh, the one i've I, i've talked about it which is um utami ashishida versus shiri uh from tokyo dream cinderella uh actually you know at first at first the match wasn't like you know like oh my god yeah it was like oh my god it had the five star what the fudge and then you know like i you know i didn't you know i think it was a good match at first you know it's just good but after a few rewatches especially from the highlights like a few rewatches really cemented to me as you know this is the quintessential stardom match you know like the quintessential stardom match and it also ended in a draw which is you know like the stardom staple <laughs> the stardom staple at this point which is a draw but it's not you know it's not the draw where you know they usually do time limit draws this one was a double knockout and it's like oh my god like you know it really makes you um you know want more because like you know like these two women like the 30 minute time you know the 30 minute time limit was uh not enough for these women to you know like to end this and then you know they just they just like battered each other until they couldn't go anymore and it's like you know like like it's it's such a good trope like on um you know like other other media like you know like um uh uh like uh in manga or you know in comics where you know like the two like the two uh the two people who are battling for each other like tr you know battle until they have nothing left and you know they pretty much did exactly just that which is like amazing that is absolutely amazing to me and you know and it really you know utami's uh uh, title run hasn't been you know it hasn't been that impressive at you know at that point like uh she had matches with sayaka mitani uh azumi momo watanabe you know like it uh, now that i think of, now that I, that I think about it like you know it's all it's all like you know uh members of the queen's quest faction you know and you know, um, this match versus Shuri really cemented Utami as, you know, like, okay, this is uh, a wrestler. This is a wrestler's wrestler. And um, uh, it's really cemented Utami's reign as something to be noticeable. Like, you know, you, she might have that year-long reign, but, you know, if you did, she didn't have, like, a not noticeable rivalry, uh, then you know the year year long reign is is kind, will be kind of meh, you know, kind of uh, kind of mediocre at best. But you know this one versus Shuri, especially this match, really cemented her stake as yes, this you know this is Utami and she is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And you know same goes for Shuri, like same goes for Shuri. This you know. She is one of the best wrestlers in the world and has been for a past, you know, the past couple of years. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four 
Number four in my top five, you know, top five favorite matches is the Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Seth Rollins. It it is, we haven't had a Hell in a Cell match where it should really be in Hell in a Cell. The last one that we had, I think, was um, New Day versus Usos at Hell in a Cell 2017. I think that was the very last one where, you know, Regardless that, you know, it's a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, I think uh, that was the last one where it really deserved to be uh, in Hell in a Cell. So, uh, you know, like, this Edge set runs, and, you know, like, it really felt fresh, honestly. It really felt fresh compared to uh, a lot of the Hell in a Cell matches that we've had recently really felt fresh they like uh there were some spots that even though it was similar to even though it was very similar to some spots in previous hell in the cell matches it it felt fresh it felt fresh and um there's a lot of reminiscence to um feuds from you know feuds that they've had before like um uh the glam slam the no, the i believe i can't remember at you know i can't remember from the top of my head uh the choke slam that uh edge took on the steel steps was great as well concerto like a lot of you know a lot of uh um a toolbox as well yeah the toolbox as well you know a lot of uh callbacks to their matches not even you know not even in this feud but matches that they've had inside hell in the cell so like it's really really good that and you know it happened on freaking saudi arabia i in like a saudi arabian match that good is absurd to me like you know i hate it i hate that it's you know i hate that that crown jewel pay-per-view is really good because it it will make me watch other Saudi Arabian pay-per-views in the future. And you know, you know, aside from this crown jewel, all Saudi Arabian shows have been bad. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Number three in my list is actually uh Walter versus Ilya Dragunov from NXT TakeOver 36. Um, I do believe that their first match last year was better. But, like, you know, like, this match had a crowd, and it's fine. I think that's fine. And, you know, it uh, it built up, you know, like, the Ilya, Ilya Dragunov comebacks pretty well. And, yeah. The crowd was very, very hype in this match, and it's still very, very stiff. Like, it, it ended on a freaking uh, sleeper. Sleeper hole, I believe. Yeah, it ended on a sleeper hole, I believe. And, yeah, that is insane. That is in. No, 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 no. It, uh, it ended on, I believe, an ankle lock. You know, like, it's not even on Ilya Dragon. Ilya Dragunov's moveset. Like, you know, Walter... Walter is just... insane. At, um... Uh... You know, just 
chunking in like match of the year contender and uh you know walter is basically a spectacle for wwe at this wwe at this point and is you know every time he goes in a match he's just you know it's just a big match immediately you know at, at as in for singles right for for singles for tag teams it's a little bit kind of meh it's meh still you know like i mean imperium imperium is really good don't get me wrong but like you know like you know uh you don't necessarily want to see walter in a tag match you want to see walter in a singles match and you know the limits of what you know uh what an opponent can do to this humongous man who can chop you to death basically uh <laughs> you know he can chop you until your soul leaves through your body basically um so yeah like and Ilya Dragunov is no slouch as well you know he is a deserved NXT UK champion you know he is and he is the most deserving person to beat Walter in in an NXT ring you know he is he he's just you know he's just the best person to do it like you know like he's the he's the person who put Walter to his limit to his absolute limit and you know and yeah he is he's the only one that prob could have probably been the next nxt uk champion so yeah yeah walter is the dragon off i think you know that is my third favorite wrestling match of the year uh number two uh number two in this list is lucha bros versus young bucks from all out it is easily the best steel cage match this year the best tag team match this year and like you know like a lot of people are saying that this is the best steel cage match of all time it's a little bit up to the debate like steel cage as a stipulation i think it is the best but you know like there's a lot of uh instances where you know like Hell in a Cell sometimes are really, really good matches. Um, Elimination Chamber is also really fun. Uh, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of variation of, you know, uh, people in a cage. Um, <laughs> people in a cage matches that sometimes are really good. But, yeah, uh, this is easily, you know, I don't think, I don't think uh, it'll top, you know, uh lucha bro i know not lucha bros young bucks versus fdr at full gear last year i still think that is my favorite tag team match of all time uh but like you know the storytelling this match was also really really good like you know like uh uh pentagon like you know uh going you know in front of ray phoenix to uh eat the double super kick with the thumbtacks like it's it's really good like and you know i can't i can't praise it enough to how good that was because it stole the show at all out i think you know like in probably you know it probably it's probably gonna be the talk of the town if you know if it wasn't for brian danielson and adam cole return you know 
debuting in AEW, it's probably going to be the talk because like uh, that was the case for their uh, Escal- Escalera, de Le- Escalera de la Muerte match at, at All All Out 2019. You know, it's basically a ladder match for Triple A belt. Triple A belts. Um, yeah, yeah, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks is always magic. And, you know, in two years, in two years, you know, I can't wait for the next match with just stipulation that will they, that they will do. They just continue to elevate this, the match stipulation standard for these two, you know, this the standard for the stipulation it always gets uh, a peg higher because of, you know, Lucha Bros and Young Bucks. And it's absolutely insane how good these two teams together as a whole. Um, but, but, my number one favorite match of the year, I think, you know, it's it's easily, like, it's easily my favorite match of the year. It's the 30-minute time limit draw between Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. This is Brian Danielson's first match in AEW. And you gave him the dream match of Danielson versus Omega. And you made it put 30 minutes. Holy hell. Like, man. <laughs> what can I not say about this match? Like, what can I say about this match that has not been said by, you know, uh, people from Wrestle Talk, probably you know, Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Like, this is. You know, if it if it wasn't for Winter is Coming or the All Out match, this is probably everyone's match of the year. Like I think, you know, thirty minutes, thirty minute time limit draw. The pace never stopped from the beginning to the end. It was it was high pace. It was you know highly entertaining, and you know these these still kept fighting. You know it. They still kept fighting at the end of the match. And, you know, 30 minutes just went by like a snap, just like that. It, it's unheard of. Like, it's unheard of. It's actually ridiculous that, you know, um, a 30-minute time limit draw will go go just like that. It's It didn't really feel like 30 minutes. And, like, you know, I I'm... Waiting, I'm waiting for Ken Ken Omega to heal, so we can get that match again with no time limits. You know that has to be in a pay per view, right? And yeah, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to see that. Possibly next year, possibly next two years. I don't know. I don't know when we'll see that. But you know, as long as Ken Omega is healed, it is uh, the best bout machine versus. The American Dragon, and it's it's money, it's money. I'll, that's all I can say. It's money. Now we move on to our last uh, awards, which is basically uh, my wrestlers of the year. Uh, I have divided it for top three female and top three male because, you know, like, I think that's important for, you know, 
for this kind of list because like female wrestlers this year have been really really good and also male wrestlers have been very very good so yeah um let's start with female wrestlers of the year uh honorable mentions i have uh, maki ito uh, you know she's probably had the best year of her career uh starting uh starting off you know with you know that awesome Miyu Yamashita match that you know I won't uh you know in uh January 4 uh that um you know then she went to AW after I know no she she got to the finals of the max uh, uh max tag team tournament yeah I've, I forgot what it's called but you know the tag team tournament that TJPW had the they got into the finals, and then uh, she left for a little bit to go to AEW. Uh, had a couple of matches there uh, on uh, Revolution uh, buy-in and uh, uh, the AEW Dark main event, basically. So, yeah, she had a couple of matches there. She learned a lot from, you know, uh, talking with the wrestlers there and stuff. So, yeah, she came back. Had this amazing new mindset. So even though she lost the championship match against Rika Tatsumi, she was very, very, uh, very, very determined to get at the top of the wrestling you know, of the TJPW uh, picture. So yeah, she. Yeah, I didn't think it was actually possible for Maki Ito to win. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, it's not wrestling. It's uh the freaking a uh, tournament that uh TJPW does every year. Uh, it's hold on. Uh, it's the TJPW uh freaking uh. PW tournament. Hold on. Anyways, anyways, yeah, the 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 tournament that she had this year was absolutely insane. You know, the tournament run that she had. Uh not only you know, she had some comical matches here and there with um uh Suzume and uh, uh yeah, with Suzume, but you know she had a very very um, serious match with uh, Mizuki, and then she beat uh, uh, Shoko Nakajima as well in the finals to get on to Miyamashita, where she lost. <laughs> and then they lost the tag team champ, the tag team, uh, uh, the tag team. You know, the uh, the match for the tag team titles. Against the magical sugar, you know, one two million versus magical sugar rapids as well. So yeah, yeah, that's a fall for grace at the end of the year. But yeah, Maki Ito, yeah, honorable mention, top of the honorable mentions. Uh, Thunder Rosa, uh, Thunder Rosa had a very good year. Like you know, she, uh, I don't think, uh, I think the year before was better, mostly because like, uh, I think. You know, women's. Uh, I think she would probably be my 
one of my you know one of my contenders for top five uh women's wrestlers last year because you know she elevated the an nwa belt is unheard of but not only not only she elevated her stock it's this you know she uh she elevated her you know her own he he re- she really put her name on the map with that lights out match with Britt baker i think that lights out match was you know was stunning to say the least uh it's not for me but you know like it's it's you know it could be really really uh entertaining for uh other people who watch wrestling um uh yeah so thunder rosa uh diana perrazzo has had a very 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 good year with impact like after getting fired, after getting released by WWE, she has proven to WWE that that was a mistake, and she has, you know, pretty much, you know, that women's division in Impact is now, you know, uh, headlined by an amazing person with Dion Perazzo. I mean, she's not Impact Women's Champion at the moment. But, you know, she will definitely get the championship back, you know, once, you know, once Mickey James or Roxy, uh, you know, uh, have a lengthy title reign. You know, she'll probably get to get it back. And she's an absolute, absolute star now in Impact. Uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, I'm only putting Serena Deeb here because of her matches. Her matches uh, have been stellar. This year, uh, both matches with Riho and then the trilogy of matches she had with Hikaru Shida has been really, really, really good. And yeah, uh, Raquel Gonzalez from NXT had a very, very notable year as well. She won. Uh, she, ha- she started off the year with a banger with Raquel, uh, with Rhea Ripley. Uh, I believe it was False Count Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, had a false count anywhere match with Rhea Ripley, and then uh, she won the women's title against Yoshi Rai at a stand and deliver, and then uh, she had you know a couple of defenses here and there, Dakota Kai, Yoshi uh, Rai again. Um, uh, yeah, she had a couple of defenses until she uh, handed the title over to Mandy Rose, and then you know she was. Again, a part of the women's war games match again. So yeah, like Raquel Gonzalez had a good year, and Mayu Watani. Um, uh, I think twenty twenty was the best. I, she was probably one of my top three wrestlers of the year. Uh, she's not probably probably not number one. I think number one was definitely Bailey, uh, Bailey or Shasha Banks last year. But yeah, um, Mayu Watani was really good last year, and even though she's not in the championship picture anymore, you know she, she held that World of Star Stardom Championship for so long that you know she's not even the title picture anymore. And yeah, she has she, she hasn't had a shot for uh, a mate, you know, the red belt for you know for this whole year 
but yeah, she has challenged the white belt against Tam, uh, and she had an amazing match as well with her for thirty minutes. And yeah, yeah, even though she's not at the top of the, the stardom ladder this year, she's she's had some fair share of good matches and great performances as well, such as the gauntlet that she did against Oedo Tai. Uh, one, you know, 1v5, I believe. Yeah, against Oedo Tai. It's great. But for the top two wrestlers of the year, I think number number three is going to be Brit Breaker. Um, now, like, I think she's only number three because of the division that she's in. Uh, the AEW Women's Division isn't really that um, promoted by AEW. Like, uh, the, her title reign so far has been mediocre, to say the least. Like, uh, you know, uh, she has had title defense with, with title defenses with Ruby Soho, uh, Nyla Rose, Riho eventually, um, and Ty Conti. And yeah, we haven't really gotten like that big match from uh big title defense from Britt Breaker, like you know, one from Thunder Rosa, possibly Jamie Hader. So, uh, but you know, I think she has had a really, really good year as a whole, as at the top of that AEW women's division. And she is so over, she is like you know, like she, she is she was so pushed to the moon that. They forgot to have an immediate opponent for her <laughs> until you know t- the eventually the eventual Thunder Rosa match. So yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, that's uh, Britt Baker is so charismatic. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. She's ridiculously charismatic to a point that uh, you know nobody can touch her in the, the division. But eventually, eventually, but eventually she'll have. I think she'll have a better year next year once that women's division is fully fleshed out and, you know, uh, we can have some really, really bagger matches. Number two, my second favorite wrestler of the year, my second favorite women's wrestler, sorry, of the year is Shuri. And it's mostly match quality. Like, I mean, Shuri, Shuri is a character, like, you know, Shuri is a character on outside outside the ring is very very uh very very funny like i think she is um you know sometimes she is a goof, goofball as as with the rest of this donna del mondo and even the rest of the stardom roster she, the, she just likes having fun outside the ring but inside the ring she is all business she has had match quality performances you know and really elevates uh, you know, it really pushes the limits of the opponent. You know, she's going up against um, uh, Utami. Utami had that. You know, um, you know, her match with Utami was world class, world renowned. But she has had amazing matches with Konami. Uh, pushed the limit with Unagi Sayaka. Uh, uh, had a really great match against Azumi. Uh, like, you know, like, every person that Shuri has gone up against, you know, even Takumi Hiroha, even, like, like every opponent, every match Shuri has had in the year, even the tag team division, where 
she is, you know, she is tag team champion. You know, not even mentioning her match with Momo Watanabe, Watanabe at the start of the year. Like match quality wise, she is the best in all of women's wrestling, at least this year. Like the calib, the caliber that she had, yeah, I, the, the. The album, basically, the the compilation of matches that she has had this year is otherworldly. That you know she has had a really good match against everybody this year, and I just had to put her there. But my favorite wrestler for this year is Starlight Kid. Like there's without a doubt, like Starlight Kid, Starlight Kid's turn to darkness this year was absolutely incredible from stardom i think it is a masterpiece like you know she uh she started this year off a loss against azumi and then like uh she watched as you know she uh, she watched as you know she loses time after time after time again and then she lost the five on five against a weather tie and then after you know after being a weather tie she realized that she she can you know she can surpass Mayu Iwatani, you know, the ace of stardom by being with Oedetai because you know they'll they'll do anything to win. And you know, Starlet Kid has seen that, you know, the 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 cohesiveness that uh Oedetai has is not there with stars. You know, stars has always been, even though it is a baby face faction, has always been always been you know the faction with the most cracks uh and you know with the weather tie which is more basically family at this point you know family of misfits and it has always been a family of misfits family of heels uh starlight kid was able to raise that bar you know raise another to another level uh she finally won against azumi for the high speed belt which she has challenged for eight times and has never won it once. Uh, she uh, she was able to convert uh, Mo- uh, she was able to convince Momo Watanabe to uh, side with Oedetai after being the captain after being like the leader of Queen's Quest since Iushirai has left stardom. So like. It is absolutely incredible how you know Starlight Kid has transcended herself from uh, the mid card to uh, a certified main eventer, and you know we'll probably have uh, you know main events you know once Natsuko you know a civil war between Oedetai once Natsuko Tora comes back, but you know like Starlight Kid. She's gonna have a better year. I think she's gonna have a better year in stardom next year. It's absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, Starlight Kid is my favorite women's wrestler of the year. Now we're moving on to the men's wrestler of the year. And honestly, like I I'm pretty sure the top three the top two is pretty uh undisputed. Like I think it's pretty obvious who's going to be top top two is but the third the third person is 
probably going to be a shock for some people. But honorable mentions, uh, Matt Cardona and Moose. Uh, I, I needed to have an impact wrestler there other than Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona has had an amazing year in GCW. And yeah, it had to be it had to be known. Um, uh, I I had to put an impact wrestler there, but I didn't know if I want Moose, Josh, Alexander, or Eddie Edwards. I just put Moose because Moose had has had a continuously good year, a con- continuously protected year on Impact Wrestling. Uh, Walter, because uh, he's always going to be in conversation for uh, Men's Wrestler of the Year. Uh, she's He's only had like two banger of a matches, banger matches this year with Dragonov and Champa uh, in particular. So like even though like those two those two matches are enough for him to be in the conversation for wrestler of the year. Um uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins had has had an incredible year. First uh earlier in the year feuding with Cesaro and then uh I guess feuding a little bit with Roman Reigns but uh, he didn't really feud with Roman Reigns he feuded with Edge Uh, he feuded with Edge and had that amazing trilogy of matches that he has had he had with Edge and now he's in the WWE Championship picture and he hasn't really missed a beat ever since you know ever since uh, you know uh, you know being in this feud with Cesaro at the start of the year. He hasn't missed a beat. And he continues to be the most obnoxious wrestler in all wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, another honorable mention this year, Kyle O'Reilly uh, really uh, flourished as a single star this year. Uh, he had that uh, one match with Finn Balor last year and uh, he only he's only gotten better, uh, but you know the match quality of his matches this year wasn't on par with the Finn Balor match on Takeover 31 or on New Year's Evil. So uh, yeah, he had matches with Adam Cole and such, uh, Adam Cole and such, but it wasn't really like uh, to the par of you know Gargano Champa. So, yeah. Even though, you know, and it, even though, like, he has had an off, off, like, you know, he, he wasn't at the title picture anymore once we get to uh, New Year's e- I, NXT 2.0. Uh, he still tried to ele- elevate, you know, a young star in Von Wagner. So, yeah. Uh, MJF, I'm putting it, you know, as an honorable mention with. He's only honorable mention because of that long-ass feud with Chris Jericho that seemingly never ended. And but you know his promo work has you know improved this year. Like you know, uh, yeah. If he wasn't like you know on this like year-long feud with Chris Jericho, he probably would have had uh, a little bit of shorter feuds with different people like Jungle Boy, Darby Allen. You know, Darby Allen, like he did in Full Gear. Now he's in a pro. He's in a uh, promo with CM Punk, which is like, you know, it's basically a rub for him. Like you know, for for him to 
go toe to toe on the mic with CM Punk, which is like you know, uh, the pipe bomb, the pipe bomb, the pipe bomb artist, basically. And yeah, I think that he is absolutely ready for the main event scene. If he, you know, if he wants to, if he wants to get in the main event scene, I think he's absolutely ready. Last but not least, I mean, I gotta put Roman Reigns in there, right? Yeah, Roman Reigns is not on my top three, mostly because I expected to him to have a bigger year in WWE, but it ended up having like you know he's had he's he's had a great year, not gonna lie. But he's probably fourth on this list. If you know, I'm putting putting a top five. He's he's probably fourth on this list. Most uh, he's. He had a great uh, feud with um, Edge and Daniel Bryan to start the year. I, with Kevin Owens, sorry, to start the year. Then Edge and Daniel Bryan. Then Cesaro. Then kind of teetered off a little bit with uh, uh, Edge and uh, Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, had that match with John Cena. It was really good. It was really hype. And then uh, it really uh, stopped her grinding halt with Finn Balor. And uh, King Woods, you know, uh, those couple of uh, couple of matches that he had with Finn Balor and King Woods really, really dampened the the title reign a little bit. But he's on the right track again now with Brock Lesnar. So yeah, yeah, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is my number, probably my number four this year. But we're only we're only doing top three this year, so. Anyways, my top three male wrestler of the year is Edge. Yeah, number three is Edge. Uh, it might come as a surprise because, you know, he's pretty much a part-timer at this point, right? But Edge has had an incredible year, of course. Of course, uh, first winning the Royal Rumble uh, and then going on to WrestleMania to have that feud with Roman and Roman and Bryan. And then he left for a bit, and then uh, he continued that feud with Roman, and then it moved on to that amazing trilogy with Seth Rollins. I've been talking about the whole episode now, and then uh, he's now in a promo with The Miz. Uh, even though, like, uh, he ended he ended the year with a dud. Uh, you know that wedding, uh, that uh, Raw wedding was uh, pretty bad, but you know, like uh, the initial promo that. Edge and Miz had, you know, to counter the uh, MJF CM Punk promo that, you know, that happened a few days prior to that uh, Edge Miz promo. Um, it was really, really good. Uh, not as good as, you know, the CM Punk MJF one, but yeah, this is really, really good. Um, yeah, I guess I gotta put the honorable mention too to CM Punk. I think CM Punk, yeah, CM Punk has had, had the moment, yeah, gotta be the moment of the year where he returned, he returned to professional wrestling, yeah, uh, he returned to professional wrestling, that's gotta be the moment of the year, like, nothing tops that, like, him coming back in the state of Chicago, his hometown, you know, moment of the year, for sure, but, you know, going back to Edge, like, Edge hasn't, you know, hasn't had, like, a bad, uh, bad thing this year, other than, you know, the wedding that 
happened like <laughs> a couple of days before the podcast, I, before this episode, which sucks because I was gonna say that you know Edge didn't have like every time Edge was uh, on you know on the mic or uh, in the ring on the mic, he was fantastic, but you know that wedding happened and you know uh, that sucked. But anyways, like other than that again he has been exceptional all year even though he hasn't been uh he hasn't been like wrestling all year like but like he has only wrestled like what five six matches (laughs) six seven if you count the randy orton on raw he has only wrestled seven matches and it has been absolutely phenomenal so yeah yeah, that's my yeah. That I I hope I can convince you that Edge is my third favorite wrestler of the year. Um, my number two is Kenny Omega. Um, I think you know, even though I had, it's it was a it's a tough one between one and two. I think everyone is thinking that you know it's gonna be a tough one between one and two, but. I think, you know, Kenny Omega has had an amazing year as AW World Champion. And I think, you know, I just love the number one wrestler of the year's matches more than, you know, Kenny Omega's matches of the year. Because he has had bangers with pretty much everybody. Hangman Page. uh, uh, Hangman Page. uh, Freaking uh, Jungle Boy. Freaking Orange Cassidy and Pac. Uh, Phoenix, you know, he has had very, very good defenses for that AEW World Championship. Uh, John Moxley, but we don't talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, like match quality wise, I, you know, he has the best matches. One of, you know, a couple best match cont- match of the year contenders for the year, and. Honestly, uh, his return to the best bout machine is absolutely well needed for AEW. And I'm glad that he's on break now. I hope he heals, you know, so uh, once he gets back to the ring, like, he can, you know, be the best Kenny Omega that he can ever be. So, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, And my number one is, obviously, if it wasn't Kenny Omega, it's gotta be Daniel Bryan, aka Bryan Danielson, aka the American Dragon. Daniel Bryan has had match of the year contenders in two promotions, in the two biggest promotions in wrestling, and it is unheard of that he, that he is having one of his best years of his career at year 16. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. Um, he has had, you know, like again, like Ken Omega has had really good matches with everybody, but Daniel Bryan uh, has had good matches with everybody on two promotions. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Ken Omega did that on Impact with uh, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Eddie Edwards. Yeah, he had he had uh, no DQ match with Eddie Edwards. Uh, no, no, not not Eddie Edwards. Sammy Callahan. Yeah, he had the no DQ match with Sammy Callahan on Impact, and he also had that uh, 
He also had that match at Triple Mania uh, with Andrade. Uh, that was uh, also good, but not to the. Uh, it's not to the caliber of how good Daniel Bryan's matches has been this year. Uh, he started off with, you know, matches with Cesaro, the Elimination Chamber match, Roman Reigns twice, uh, the Triple Threat match at WrestleMania, and then he left for a little bit, like you know. But uh, with the year that he has, it feels like he has never left. And then he went on with, you know, great matches with Kenny Omega, Suzuki, uh, John Silver, uh, Nick Jackson, uh, freaking Hangman Page. Like, freaking everybody. Freaking everybody. He's added, you know, match quality matches for everybody. And honestly, like, you know, it's... Probably just the bias in me that you know pushes Brian Danielson to the number one spot because like it's absolutely insane how good Daniel Bryan has, how good of a year Daniel Bryan has in two promotions. It's it's unheard of and you know like yeah it, he is like he's only gonna get he's only gonna have a better year. It's absolutely insane. With you know the matches that he has, that he can have now in AEW, and possibly even New Japan, is absolutely absurd. Like it's absolutely insane. Like you know, like you can put in dream match after dream match with Daniel Bryan, and that's amazing. You know, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. You know, it's good time to be a fan of Bryan Danielson, and you know. The rise of the American Dragon is coming. You know, it, it's only just begun. Sorry, it's not coming. It's only just begun. So that's gonna be it for this episode. Like, oh my lord. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing to say that that is gonna be the last episode for 2021. Like, this year. I guess I started off this year uh, thinking, like, you know, like, yeah, New Year 20, 2020, like, December 31, 2020, I, I told myself that if I wasn't, you know, if I didn't know what I was going to do at the end of the year, I, my life is pretty much just over. Like, you know, like, I don't deserve to live. Like, you know, I didn't know what to do with my life after you know after this year i you know at the start of the year i didn't know what to do with my life but you know i reassessed my thoughts and you know i came up with this and you know that was the birth of the day day podcast basically and this this pod even though like i'm not uh putting in the views that I wanted at the start of the year, I at the start of the pod, like, like I'm only getting like one to two views per episode, and you know, I'm recording like ninety minutes, even you know, even up to two hours of recording, and then uh, today, even today, like I started what nine thirty, and then you know, it's already what almost two, two, it's already two thirty six a.m. Like I've 
it's just amazing like you know i just uh sports journalism is you know like i really i just realized that uh, you know uh at the end of what second semester uh second semester of my second year where i honestly wanted to, i i honestly wanted to, wanted to drop out but like you know like my parents said no and like you know and i just realized wanted what i wanted to do was you know i've always wanted to everything that i wanted to do at this, at that point like like uh animation uh animation and uh, gaming and stuff and as uh, uh writing as well it all uh, culminated to one point and that is story and on honestly like writing stories wasn't really my thing because uh I was great with uh, the start and the end, but I didn't know what to put in the middle. And that's really bad for a writer. Uh, I think the middle is very, very pivotal for a writer as well. It, you know, it makes you ex- get excited for the end, basically. And yeah, I'm not that kind of writer. And, <laughs> you know, like, and then I realized, like, instead of, you know, writing my own stories, because uh i wasn't really satisfied with uh you know i eventually i wasn't going to be satisfied with the stories i wrote but you know i've always followed esports and sports on the on the journal journalistic side of you i guess like you know like i've always followed it like i wanted to know the statistics i i very uh I'm very uh, captivated with interviews of documentaries of, you know, sports and esports in general. And then, you know, uh, that gave me the idea, you know, while listening to pod podcast that gave me the idea of, you know, wanting to do my own. And, you know, this is basically step one of, you know, my sports journalism dream. And, you know, I had a couple of opportunities to, I, you know, I, I was given an opportunity at Forward at one point that I'm really, really grateful for. Um, and, you know, like, I really got a taste of what sports journalism, you know, will be. And I'm honestly, like, you know, every time, even though I got, like, you know, burned out with Pod, but it's mostly because, like, the views uh, wasn't, you know, exactly the one I was uh hoping for and like you know like the end uh i was getting a little bit more burnt out of uh what i was doing uh you know i wasn't really motivated to do what i want to do and then you know these last four episodes that i did at the end of the year really uh got me back in to you know sports journalism i want to do this uh as a, a job as a hobby as my life basically and yeah like i really wanted to do this now and it has become my dream it has become the job that i want so like i really it's it's amazing that you know from you know not knowing what i'm going to do for the rest of my life to you know, the start of 
something like you know something I really want to do is such a turnaround and honestly uh next next year next year like I found you know this year was all about finding the thing that I want to do and you know uh next year is going to be uh flourishing you know improving the improving the um the thing that I want to do the most which is you know journalism and you know just continue do I want to continue doing want I what I want to do and yeah that's only going to be uh that's only going to result to a better podcast better you know me getting better at sports writing and just you know just continue just continue doing what I want to do and you know just not I'm not getting held back by anybody hopefully you know I'm the only person that is going to uh help hold me back is myself and you know I know that and yeah I I am excited I'm actually excited to uh see myself in the new year uh and hopefully you know this podcast expands to a really really you know really really stable podcast that you know viewers will listen to a lot and you know like uh you know if 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 i want to do something else you know if i want to do something else i want to start you know uh building my way onto it and yeah that's all that's all that's all i'm just gonna say um anyways uh you know as for you know the new uh, new episodes on the new year will be starting uh january 4th i you know i think i don't want to promise a date but you know like i just want to say next week yeah next week will be uh We'll be starting a new year with WWE Day One <laughs> review, and then we're also gonna have Wrestle Kingdom reviews, uh, New Year games for the NBA. I'm not sure, but you know, like, yeah, my priority right now is Day One and uh, Wrestle Kingdom. You know, that's three nights of Wrestle. I don't, know. I'm, I am having a hard time, like you know, like putting two topics into one episode. Yeah, think about three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. How the hell am gonna? How the hell am I gonna put that in one episode? I think I, I might have to put it in two parts, just cause like you know, Wrestle Kingdom is just really big. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, um, that's gonna be the end of the episode. Like yeah, that's gonna be the end of the Day Day podcast for twenty twenty one, and honestly, I, I'll see. Oh, I'm I'm choking up. Basically, I'm choking up. Anyways, that is the end of the episode, and I'll see you guys in the new year. Happy New Year, everybody, and see you all next year. Peace.